You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. you're suffering. You may hate the job you're in. You may strongly dislike the boss you have. But you're there for a reason, for a divine purpose. You're on a heavenly mission. By the way, these principles apply at home as well. Suffering. Many of us would probably be quick to agree that it's one of our least favorite aspects of life. However, as Scripture repeatedly teaches us, suffering is how we both grow as believers as well as providing a testimony of our faith to the rest of the world. In today's message, Pastor Danny will encourage you by reminding you that your suffering is being used by God for His divine plan. In his study, you'll learn that whether it's work, home, health, God can and will use your faith for His kingdom. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Genesis chapter 40 with today's edition of The Living Word. Joseph gives Pharaoh the interpretation and then he gives Pharaoh some advice. And little does Joseph know that the advice he gives to Pharaoh is the link to the fulfillment of the dreams that God had given him. He says to Pharaoh, here's the meaning of the dreams. Seven years of plenty, and after the seven years of plenty, there are going to be seven years of famine. Not just going to affect Egypt, going to affect the world. So here's what you should do, Pharaoh. Find a wise man in your realm and put him in charge. And for the seven years of plenty, have him store up provisions so that when the seven years of famine come, Egypt will have all they need. Pharaoh says, I'll read it. Since God has made all this known to you, there's no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace. All my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took a signet ring from his finger, put it on Joseph's finger, dressed him in robes of fine linen, put a gold chain around his neck, had him ride in a chariot as second in command. Men shouted before him, make way. Then he put him in charge of the whole land. And then Pharaoh said, I'm Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift a hand or a foot in all of Egypt. And Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zaphonath Paneah. Zaphonath Paneah, the revealer of secret things. And just like that, his dream is fulfilled and people will bow to him. Seven years, he gives instruction. They pile up provisions and then the famine hits. But Egypt got all they need. The famine hits in Israel. And Jacob tells his sons, go to Egypt to buy grain. They got grain there. Joseph's brothers come to Egypt. They stand before him. He recognizes them. They don't recognize him. Why? He dresses like an Egyptian. He talks like an Egyptian. He walks like an Egyptian. Every time I mention it, I'm going to get a response. Doesn't matter how many times I teach it. They don't recognize him. He recognizes them. And to summarize the story, 
He deals with them in a way that it brings such conviction to them that in chapter 42, verse 21, they said to one another, his brothers, surely we're being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we, he would not, we would not listen. That's why this distress has come upon us. And they're talking about this, and they don't realize, because Joseph is using an interpreter, an Egyptian interpreter, he can understand everything they're saying. And the short summary is, they believe that what's happening to them is a result of what they did to Joseph years before, and it was 13 years ago. Finally, Joseph can stand it no longer. And you read in chapter 45, then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants. And he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Why are they terrified? Because they realize this is Joseph and what we did to him, he's about to get his revenge. They think Joseph is going to retaliate. Boy, are they in for a surprise. And then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now don't be distressed and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there's been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will not be plowing or reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here. But God, what a perspective. Joseph suffered for righteousness' sake. Joseph suffered for the sake of redemption. Say this with me. Come on. You ready? Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not changed. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The elect is just a term that means people who are going to be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Let me give you one more verse. Say this one with me. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Isn't that a warm, fuzzy verse to memorize? A rabbi, Harold Kushner, wrote a remarkably wide-selling book a few years ago, and it's titled, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Sold more than a half million copies before going to paperback and was on the New York Times bestseller list for a whole year. The whole point of his book is to say God is all-loving, but not all-powerful. That God is good, but not sovereign. So when bad things happen to good people, it's because events are out of God's control. Kushner advises his readers to learn to love God and forgive him despite his limitations. Unbelievable. <laughs> Hosting a party in his backyard, a millionaire 
announces to the crowd that he will give anything he owns to the person who swims the length of his pool. There's just one catch. The pool is filled with sharks. Splash! All of a sudden, guy's in the pool. He begins swimming furiously. Fins are breaking the water. Jaws are snapping. When it looks like he's going to be fish food, the guy climbs out the other end of the pool. Millionaire comes over to him, says, I'm a man of my word. You're the bravest man I've ever met. What is it you want? The guy says, well, let's start with the name of the jerk that pushed me in. (laughs) I don't know what it is you're suffering. You may hate the job you're at. You may strongly dislike the boss you have. But you're there for a reason, for a divine purpose. You're on a heavenly mission. By the way, these principles apply at home as well. You want to be a witness to your husband, your unbelieving husband? We're getting to that too because that's exactly what Peter's going to talk about in chapter 3. How to be a witness to your unbelieving spouse. How to be a witness to your children. Listen, I've been challenged. I've been challenged biblically from this book, especially on how to relate biblically like Jesus would to homosexuals. I was like Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane at one point in my life. I used to preach at my brother, my older brother, and everything I said to him was was true. Everything I said to him was true according to this book. True about his lifestyle. True that he needed to repent. You know all I did? I did the same thing Peter did when they came to arrest Jesus, and Peter pulls out his sword, and you know what he did? He goes to swing, and all he does is cut off a guy named Malchus's ear. Thank God Jesus reached down and put that ear back and miraculously healed his ear. You know all I did? All I did for years with my brother, I just take it, like Peter, just taking that sword. And all I did is close my brother. I just cut off his ears. He wasn't going to listen to me because I wasn't doing what Jesus would have done. It's not compromise, but it's how to relate. And I'm challenged by that. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know who you're having to deal with, but what a practical word to us this morning. Abstain from sinful desires. Live a submissive life. Be willing to suffer unjustly and don't retaliate. The Apostle Peter's first letter encouraged the lives of believers spread far and wide, forced from their home due to their devotion to Jesus. Today, though you may not be facing the same kind of persecution, there will be people that oppose your message of hope. The enemy wants you to be silent, but your story and the grace of Jesus just can't be kept silent. Don't hide Jesus from people. Live Him out in your daily life and proclaim His praises wherever you go. Thanks for tuning in today for Pastor Danny's teaching on the Living Word. If you'd like to hear more of his messages from this series on the book of 1 Peter, visit ccfstpete.church. Feel free to download or share the teachings you find from the Living Word or visit our YouTube channel. 
There you can immerse yourself in our weekly services. We'd encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel too. That way you'll be notified as soon as we post anything new. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you. Join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Fellowship at our website, ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, we do offer a live stream of our weekend services. Just visit the website and click the link in the menu. Thanks for tuning in today to The Living Word.